Hello everybody, and welcome to episode 9 of the Technical Area, with me your host Gaffer Gramo on hosting duty once again. We're in full flight now, FM20 Beta. We're nearing the end though, like I know a lot of people are saying, get a little bit frustrated now because we've had the beta a little bit longer than normal, but the end is in sight, we're nearly there. This, you know, in five days time, recording four days from tomorrow. The full game will be released. We won't know ourselves. Living a life of absolute pleasure and revelry. And, you know, hopefully a much smoother experience of FM20 than we've encountered in the beta. But all those bumps, niggles, gripes, whatever we have, they're all to be encountered. And to be expected at this time of year. The uh, episode 8 went, you know, the reaction was really, really positive. Thank you for those really, really polite comments. Um, New followers, new listeners, everybody out there, you are most welcome along. But, of course, we do run on a time limit on this podcast. We try and get everything in in about 30 minutes. So it's time to get things up and running now. So just a brief update on how things are going for me with Velez. Um, I've kind of finished up with the pre-season with Real Betis. I was really happy with it. I didn't want to get stuck into the full season because I didn't feel I could commit to getting that full season completed. And I didn't want to hang it over me. So starting kind of meddling about with Velez, started meddling about with kits as well. That's been fun too. But uh, this week kind of just been a setup of things, just trying to, you know, iron out some creases with um with Velez. Basically, what's worked well for me at Real Betis, what I've tried to um put together at Betis and adapt it to, you know, the the Velez Saracen situation. Really kind of get a summary of the club, get a feel of the club, find out what's what and who's who and how we're going to progress things forward. The emphasis, though, really has been on the tactical side of things. It's been really, really important to me. Uh, like, kind of taking the foundations, like I said, of what has worked out for me at Betis and applying it now in Sarsfield. But I'm not going to bore you with all the tactical talk because at the same time as this pod dropped, that's probably 7 a.m., Friday the 15th of November 2019, the tactical side of things, a blog post dropped over on... The FM technical areas. Uh, WordPress site. The blog over there. Go check it out. Link will be found down in the description box below to the site. Or you can go and uh, add some of your. Uh, have a little read. And of course thoughts, feedback, everything like that is always well. And then. We're going to have obviously quick for our questions at the start. Podcast as often as we can. Whether these are community instigated, so whether you send them in through DM over on the on Twitter or on Slack, links below, um, or you know put out by me to you guys, kind of just about an FM chat in general, you know it's just gonna get a kind of you know gauge the temperature, see what things are at, and the question I kind of felt was most appropriate this week was, uh, what's it to make of this kind of clampdown on community made downloadable packs from fan sites? So obviously copyright has become um copyright notices have been issued to a lot of fan sites where we get like our, our downloadable packs where it's face packs, uh badges, logos, kits, you name it. It's just all seems kind of disappeared because as the these sites have informed us, they have been issued with legal notices. For me, I understand it. Yes, do I like it? No. To be honest, like like everyone I think I just want to play FM and I want FM to be the best it can be. 
I don't like FIFA. I'm just going to go out there and be totally honest. I don't like FIFA. But like a lot of reason people just get FIFA is the updated squads, the updated kits, the fresher look, the fresher feel of you know the players, this, that and the other. It's you know and like as we've all seen in FM even, the loss of Juventus has been a big issue, the the license there. And, you know, it's it's great to see that there's so many community members out there working on workarounds, offering ways of fixing like changing Zebra back to Juve. Making these little changes, and I'd love to see SI kind of take these community members on board, gauge, help the community to try and work around and find a way that for FM20 that uh, things look as best as possible without, of course, the it, it, you know getting too much backlash. Because you know I do enjoy seeing uh, Liverpool, say for example, his name mentioned in FM, but I don't want to go back to the the Pez days of a. Uh, Merseyside Red, and of course, Piemonte Calcio, lest we forget. Black CFM also weighed in on this, saying, I don't have a view on the pack specifically, and I have never seen or used any, but I am concerned that the community plays fast and loose with internet property and intellectual property. No doubt an unpopular view, but you look, and look, let's be honest, you know, a lot of the, you know, you buy a replica football jersey now, and it does have the TM, does have or the little orb beside the crest, the logo, the the Nike, Adidas, Umbro logo, whoever it is, there was a little thing there to say, oh yeah, this is registered trademark, whatever. We do play a little bit fast and loose, but, you know, if these downloadable packs wouldn't incur a cost, are they really going to be popular? Because you have to pay for them. I don't know. Like I said, the workarounds are really popular right now. Some of the op options offered, like, hopefully really take off and we can see it have a much better, more fluid, much more colourful, realistic and vibrant FM going forward. But enough of that chatter, let's get into the topic of the week, let's not waste time. And it's a, I'm going to try something different totally this week, something I've never done before, something the podcast here has never done before. And like, let's be honest, you could go onto any football podcasting app, uh, site, any football podcast. And you will see, hear, look, listen, read, whatever it is a lot about this man we're talking about this week. And it's no wonder when you look at how well his side have been playing in recent times. Chris Wilder has been winning, deservedly, many plaudits for how his Sheffield United side has been taken to life in the Premier League. Sitting comfortably high on the table, their story is well worth looking into. While, of course, trying to take some lessons from Chris Wilder's example and applying them to our FM careers. And no better place to start than one of the, our favourite topics in the community, and that is where the journeyman passed. Chris Wilder uh, does come from a playing career background, but a majority of his playing career, most of it really, was all below the top flight. And it's from this experience that he himself says that maybe he wasn't squeezed enough by managers to really achieve his full potential and make the jumps out of the leagues. Or, you know, maybe he didn't do it to himself. But either way, it's it's from this fact that he spent so much of his career in the lower leagues that he really wants to squeeze the most from his players. He really drives and motivates them, wanting more, demanding more from them, to give their best and really kind of push themselves to the limit. His playing career, like I said, has a journeyman pass because he moved about extensively. His longest spell at any club coming in his first spell at a club. That was with Sheffield United as well too, back where he spent six years at the club. Since after that it was plenty of loan spells and you know, like that one, two years here or there. 
following the, the kind of the, the the natural conclusion to his playing career, uh, we know Wilder has moved into management. Starting, of course, with Alfred in town uh, in non-league football, all the way up now to League One. And then from League One, where he became the manager of Sheffield United, we've seen his career kind of progress steadily with the club and his profile rise as well. Um, if you look as well at the win percentage of Chris Wilder, his career has many has a good win percentage. It's quite impressive, whether it was back in Alfreton Town or making the moves all the way up. And even that, um, you know, contentious move at the time to Northampton Town, but he did get them promoted as well. So, Although what may have been seen as a sideways move, there was that. Um, you know, it has been an, an impressive and progressive career trajectory for him. Of course, though, his time at Sheffield United has won most of his accolades and fans, including fellow Premier League managers who have lauded and praised the style of football and the manner in which Sheffield United have taken to life in the Premier League. His spells in the lower leagues as a player have helped him foster what he believes is greatest trait and what many perceive to be his greatest trait, and that's his man management. If you listen to any of the Sheffield United players talk about Wilder, you'll talk about how great he is in organising and managing each of the players individually. And that's possibly why, and I'll get on to this in a little bit later section, he feels that he can be so brutally honest when it comes to his media handling and his media interviews. Most interestingly though for Chris Wilder, he finds motivation in the deeds of his team. That he doesn't use inspirational words, facts, all these posters we see, the sayings, quotes. He doesn't look for these to inspire his players. He wants the deeds, the players' deeds, to that to be enough motivation to get out of bed, get on the pitch and push themselves to the absolute limit. And like in football manager, that's exactly what we want. We want our careers to be progressive. We want them to, to grow steadily, new opportunities to arise for each of ourselves. You know, man management, you're a manager. You're happy to manage the players at your disposal. And like that with Chris Wilder, he is a, shows a great example of knowing, judging and understanding the players he has at his disposal. Who to encourage, who to put the arm around in a team talk and who to like, lay in. And then like that, motivating his team through uh, deeds. We can set them the goals. We can give them this challenge. We can set it in these team meetings. We can push our writing. We can win. You're being too ambitious. No, I'm not. Believe in me. Trust in me. You know, it really does stand for us when we get going in our management careers. Of course, though, we, we, it's, we can't really talk about Chris Wilder and Sheffield without talking about the innovative tactics we've seen. Now, as we know, the FM community is very innovative. The tactics we see people sh and sharing are quite incredible. Whether you go from the traditional formations, of four, even down to FM 19's 442 hacks, to the Guido Mary school of strikerless football. But Chris Wilder himself, in real life, in this real kind of um, incredible to see outside of the uh, the match engine manner, has you know been very, very innovative with how he's taken to his time at Sheffield United with the tactics. And of course, what he believes is the main emphasis is keeping things simple. Now, although his uh, tactics, I know his training style, can demand a lot of his players mentally, and I've heard stories from a couple of Sheffield United fans who, you know, would have contacts in and around the club, players, ex-players, and so on, saying that even when it comes down to, to Chris Wilder, the players can even find themselves to be quite confused at the complexity of the system. 
But at the end of the day, what Wilder really says, and what he really wants to emphasize, is that things are kept simple. This, the team, most often or not, shapes up with a back three. And we see in a 3-4-1-2 is the typical lineup. Although this may flex into 3-5-2, 5-3-2, as the game progresses and scenarios present themselves. Of course, the nuances, the wide, defend, the central defenders, the overlapping wing backs as we call overlapping centre backs as we call them these what Wilder looks to do is take the ball bring it out of defence and support the wing backs bring the ball out with them and really kind of create overloads in difficult to manage areas in ways teams are not yet used to and we can see that Premier League teams are struggling to try and cope and deal with how the, def the central defenders move and support the uh, the wing backs and then of course when exploiting the, the spaces they leave behind it's a very, very, very well thought out and well drilled system. And it was one definitely to be admired. Wilder's whole team was built on the foundations of a strong defence. And we can see that from the amount of goals they've conceded in the Premier League this year, boasting one of these best defensive records. And of course, that could be influenced by the fact Wilder himself was a defender in his playing career. Although, like that, we did see the signings of the likes of Ollie McBurney during the summer and what we might expect from teams we do get promoted, that it's not just direct football. Which efforts is where we get positive, purposeful, possession-based football. And that's really, really, really eye, you know, eye-catching. It's, it's great to watch those clips and around on social media. This is not Barcelona, this is Sheffield United. It really shows just the potential and quality there is in this side. They're constructed as well of something that's really intricate and interesting. And it's done with a group of players who, you know, were deemed that maybe at one point, you know, not have the requisite skills to make it in the Premier League. But yet here they are, shining bright and being an absolute standard bearer and really kind of pushing forward in a way we haven't seen in a long time from a promoted side. Of course, underneath all this, underpinning this system is a top-class work ethic. What Wilder demands. Right, fitness regime is brutal, pre-season is brutal. But this top-class work ethic could possibly come from the fact that Wilder himself was in the lower leagues. He's a player who's had to work hard himself to get to where he is. And he comes from this working-class, possible Sheffield mentality as well. To, and this hasn't left him, and he's really influenced and, and uh, projected this onto his team. There's been a great emphasis on transitions, like we said, those overlapping central defenders. And the team, like that, the flexibility between the the 3412 to 352 to 532. And then, of course, Wilder is also showing that he, he does have a tactical mind in terms of coping and dealing with and you know making subtle changes when facing opposition. Speaking about when he was coming up to face Liverpool, what he did, he said, was he focused on opposition strengths and weaknesses and not on the names. And he said it was only when he saw the team sheet, he that was when he was like, Right, uh, we're gonna get butchered here today, Mane, Van Dyke, Salah. But really, as we went out and saw, the preparation, they didn't focus on these names. They focused on Aries and Sheffield United. Really, really were unfortunate in that game, as uh, many people do know. And of course, Wilder, what could be admired by some traditionalists is this kind of old-fashioned feel to the side. We do see, like, the big men getting onto the pitch where, you know, I'm being used in, you know, the modern use of a target man. Set pieces seem to have a, a great um, role great significance in the side of 2-2 well rehearsed and of course there is this distinct 
homegrown feel to the side. Of course, you know, it's a Premier League. Influences may come in. This may become much more cosmopolitan. But it is great to see the, the homegrown nature, especially from an Irish perspective as well. Of course, we can't, you know, really go um, away from the innovative tactics. We're talking about the role of Lundstrom and this team. Because he's become a real noticeable and central figure to the success of Wilder Sheffield tonight since he picked them up back in the league one days. Released by Everton as a youth prospect, dropping down the footballing ladder, Lundstrom himself, just like Wilder, has had to build himself back up from the bottom. Experiences in the lower league have kind of have lent themselves and really kind of educated and helped Lundstrom. Uh, develop new skills and refine the skills he has into becoming the, the quality footballer we do see um, each weekend in the Premier League. His runs from deep are well timed, they're well calculated, and you know he signals them well, he anticipates them well, and he sees the space well. And this causes op uh, opposition teams many headaches because, of course, you do have to monitor his movements. And we have seen that to great effect in recent weeks, where like he has started to appear on the score sheet now as well for Sheffield United. Again. The um the physical nature of Lundstrom as well has kind of really really stood out as well. His stamina and his pace have really really kind of helped him kind of reach the profile he has in the Premier League. But he is much more than this grafter and grinder. He's quite a mentally intelligent football player, and we can see that in his movements. We can see that in his positioning. We can see that in his passing as well. And of course, we all feel this way in football manager. We built will we find that player this diamond in the rough. And this player that we can bring with us from team to team, club to club, where if we move in a safe, we'll try and bring them with us. Because, you know, like Joe Allen was to Brendan Rodgers, Nico Cranchar to Harry Redknapp, we all know what these players can bring, the qualities they have, and how, you know, really influential they can be on any future projects we take on. The media handling as well has also been an interesting side of things with Chris Wilder. His terribly brung comments following Sheffield United's 1-0 defeat to Liverpool regarding his goalkeeper Dean Henderson brought a lot of attention on Wilder and his man management. However, you know those people who can read and understand what Wilder has done in context will see that, that what Wilder has said in public, he will say to his players. Wilder's man management, as I've already alluded to, is one of his strongest attributes and he really emphasises a sense of togetherness at the club. But what Wilder has said in interviews is that he really emphasises on getting the balance right between you know, being the manager and being their best friend has been key to his success at the club. I will do anything for my players, he said, but I'm not their pal. And that's kind of the real boundary that's really, really well established. Jordan Henderson said it on his uh, interview with Jamie Carragher on the Jamie Carragher podcast, you know, that there is a little bit of a fear when it, with Jurgen Klopp, there is this little bit of fear to that, you know, they know I'm not their pal, that this is the boss. And in the same way, I suppose a teacher is in school, the teachers, we we often find that we we liked the most were the teachers we respected the most. And it was a case that they earned the respect because they didn't want to be our pal. But they let us know they would do anything for them. And I suppose it could be the same for many people we do encounter in our lives as well. And like I've already said, with... Wilder, he knows when to push players, he knows what to say, he knows how to handle them. That if he does criticise them in public, as you see him Henderson's reaction since that defeat to Liverpool, he has been excellent and has earned that call up to the England squad, which Wilder said, you know, he has to get his head down if he wants to make it. 
nothing that we wouldn't expect a manager to say to a player after they've had a disappointing performance. The transfer policy then is a final stop on this whistle-top tour of Chris Wilder's career. Since coming to Sheffield United, he's built a side that's risen quickly from League One to the Premier League. Once they've made the jump into the Championship after that successful League One season, the 2017-2018 season, Sheffield United encountered the perils of carrying a rather thin squad, and Wilder has been afforded the opportunity to add depth, doing so in a quite a, a canny way. With new financial muscle, this has also allowed Sheffield United to pursue targets that may have not been available to them beforehand. As you've seen over the past two summers, they've consistently broken their transfer record, beginning with John Egan in their um, promotion-winning season, to Ollie McBurney in the summer when he made his uh, £20 million move from, Sheffield, from Swansea. So we have seen that they are willing to spend the money, they are willing to splash the cash, and between the Premier League money and the uh, support of this new owner, it's been made rather possible for them possibly open new avenues that they hadn't been able to you know, follow before. Billy Sharp has also been revitalised, with a distinct role and responsibility now on his shoulders as club captain, making a good impact from the bench and being a great mentor and leader off the pitch. We all know what the, the how valuable a player who gets the club can be, especially when they're a senior and member who slowly his career is in those twilight years. Joaquin is an excellent example of this at Real Betis, at just how you know influential he can be at bringing through the next set of young players and having as a good rotation option, a good presence on the bench. The signings also we've seen at um, Sheffield United have been rather system focused. You know, they've looked at players to see and analyse them under the lenses of what do you do well and what can you do well. They look for these diamonds in the rough, players who may not be playing in the upper leagues. You know, players not pl- players who might be playing outside the top flight or in less reputable top flight leagues around Europe. Or else they look at the youth teams uh, for these bigger clubs and see, is there a potential star that we can bring into our team that can add something? Although Ben Woodbourne didn't make the impact last season, Dean Henderson has consistently done that with his long moves from Manchester United. There's plenty of education as well on the training ground for Chris Wilder, and that cannot be understated because he's evolved these players to reach maximum effectiveness individually and collectively. As the system and the unity Wilder is developing is really starting to shine and really kind of enlightening to see in this Premier League uh, season. The scouts and recruitment team look for these prospective signings and, of course, will assess their strengths and personality and see will these players mould well into the squad and the culture that's already in place. Because once you get a certain atmosphere going, of course you don't want to ruin it, you don't want to bring in a bad egg. And in football manager, don't we have this great opportunity that scout reports will kind of reflect the dynamics of a player. And of course, past links, past relationships now follow through, which is a great addition for us going into FM20. So, I asked the community, see, you can gauge how much we are like Wilder and how much of an influence he could be. So where Wilder has followed a journeyman career, 77% of the community said, oh, no, I'm a one-club manager. When it comes to a save, no, I'm a one-club manager. So the loyalty is to be respected. Black Sea FM, I like to do several saves per edition of FM, but none of them a journeyman save. Tracksuit manager, goes is a journeyman all the way. I get bored far too easily and to stick to one club. So I haven't done a proper long-term save since I grew FM Online or FM10. So certainly one way if you're there, tracksuit manager. And finally, FM Old Dog. I don't like to change jobs. 
look at situations where I might. And we all can. We all can. All, we all know that this opportunity may present itself that we just cannot refuse. Second question they put out was when managing this lower reputation side. Are you inclined to keep playing it your way or kind of go for to Tony Pula's system of look? We're going to shut up shop. We're going to be very, very effective defensively and slowly evolve. And 87% of the community are to be admired because they keep playing it my way. 87% of the community follow Chris Wilder. Black CFM. Avoid purest ball. Not on purest grounds, but because it's hard to achieve in the lower leagues. Where you do find the fitness coach that the lap throws at the target men who are any good with bravery. Where are they? So it's, it's very true. It was a unique mix, what we saw at Stoke. But although they kind of seem to be the standard bearers of this kind of survivalist style of football. Charlie Tango, I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Not true words to live by. And then, of course, FM Tahiti coming in with this angle. Trick question. My way is Pulis Ball. FM Bar is echoing it there. Long live hoofball. Hey, look, I can't say anything. Ireland's greatest success in 1990 and in Euro 88 did come from Jack Charlton and that direct style of football. So, you know, I can't exactly be critical of this. Uh, the third question they put out is often referred to the press conferences as media. And Wilder is often noted for his brutal honesty in press conferences, especially with dis uh, discussing his players. And 83% of the community would go for brutal honesty over going for the PC morale massaging route. FM Old Dog also saying, I stay positive until we do something like draw or lose to someone around the bottom of the league or lower league in the cup. Then I go brutal honesty. And I kind of I, I kind of feel the same as well. You know, like it'd be, possibly be a little bit softer, you know, in in that terms of sense. But of course, if it's working for a while, maybe it could work for me in FM. So I, I think I'm, it could be a, a save and reload job if I mess up that press conference and get myself sacked or leader dress, have a dress room in a vault afterwards. And the final question, I want to talk about the transfers really and finish off here. You know, Chris Wilder's transfers have identified targets who may have been deemed not of the requisite skills good in the Premier League. And 71% of the prem, of uh, community voters said yes, they like Wilder will go for the diamonds in the rough. And I'll leave the final word on this to FM Aldock. As for transfers, I look for the undervalued ones to develop. In lower league, I don't trust my scouts to know if players are really game changers. The game changers they're claiming. If they are that good, it's usually someone who will blow out my transfer budget and wage structure. Occasionally, I'm willing to do one of the two, but never both on the same player. Especially since I really th I think that there are many players at lower league levels who are nearly interchangeable. The marginal gain and the tempting transfer is not worth it to me. To have secured, sorry, so scoured to make sure someone as good isn't available on free or a Bosman. And I totally agree. I know you'll understand coming from the having managed Shelburne for such a long period of old dog that you know, see League of Ireland, that there is a lot of changeability, long term contracts, aren't it? And as a fan, it can be quite frustrating to see. But you know, then again, you know, is loyalty still going in football in this sense? But you know, diamonds are always there in the rough. We can always develop. You can always find these talents to develop, but sometimes an option just comes up that we can't say no to. Down below, then, you'll find all the links to all the articles I read in building up for this Chris Wilder feature, so feel free to go ahead and read them all. They're all well worth reading, with different uh, interesting aspects to draw on. Some, of course, which did not feature in the podcast, but unfortunately, you know, we can't talk about everything there. 
Now I'm going to finish off this week with the uh, community shout out, the weird community, scouting what I've kind of read. And like, to be honest, I've actually read an awful lot this week. I've had a lot of opportunities to read. And it's, can I just say, echoing what FM Grasshopper has said, the uh, community in terms of blogging is absolutely lit right now. It's great to see the, the byline guys getting invited to SI. Nice to see Dan Gear join that group too. Congratulations to all of you. It's a, the pieces are well thought out, they're well put together, so I'm really enjoying reading them. But of course, other community places in the community have had plenty of, you know, fantastic material released, whether they were, you know, names that a lot of people may not be familiar with, or maybe newer uh, members of the community. I'm just gonna quickly kind of breeze through them all. Links to the all will be found in the description below to be tweeted out. And so go follow these people, go read their stuff. It's, it's really, really great start. So we're from 11.1 with a FM20 beta under the breast here. It's really, really uh, FM Samo. Uh, the save reveal for uh, es Escocia La Brava. SOG FM is putting together an A-League preview, so keep your eyes peeled for that. According to FM, the reason I included this was I was actually reading this Red Bull recruitment policy and seeing how I could adopt it myself into FM with Velez, so I've really enjoyed seeing that. Someone with managing Red Bull is going to be adapting it to Red Bull as well, so I'm going to be watching that one, uh, Mike, really, really closely. Uh, former DLP podcast host Ed, or now known as AZ, with uh, the AZ Alkmaar uh, blog series there. Scott at FM Slater, SLTR, has uh, announced today the Marseille for FM20 save. FM Weight of Life, uh, introduction of putting the graft in the graft shop. I like the pawn, that's going to really hook to me in there as well. Casey Renzi's 352 with Augsburg, that has been phenomenally read, well put together. Uh, Lutterwork Fox is the final one there on the uh, FC Haugesund squad guide. A new save, different club, haven't seen it like it before, so that's really what drew me in there. Go check them all out, there's so much more I haven't featured. Uh, if you have anything, don't forget to use the hashtag Weirdy Community to get it out there. Tag me in, whether it's Gaffer Graham or the, the technical area on Twitter. And, you know, I'll try to share out as many again as I can next week. Thank you to all the community members this week who got involved. Whether it was a comment or a vote, I really appreciate it because it makes the podcast a bit more vibrant than you just getting my opinion all the way through. The pod is available, of course, as you know, on all good podcast hosting sites, but possibly not for much longer. Uh, last week I did put out the poll and I had some really interesting conversations with community members, uh, getting their thoughts in the week as the timer edges close to the possible conclusion of this podcast series. So although the votes are there and the votes may be saying that the, you know, the technical area should stop after episode 11, um, I might keep continuing. I do love podcasting. Really, really do. Really, really enjoy it. So, I, me, myself, I'd love to keep going. But, you know, if there's anyone out there that has some better suggestions, you know, the DMs are open. So, please feel free to like, share, review the podcast if you can on whatever platform you can, whether it's the actual podcast app that gives you the review or over on the socials. I really, really appreciate that. Feedback, like I said, is always welcome through the DMs, new ideas, questions, anything, get them in. Or even if you want to come on the podcast during the FM20 life cycle, talk about your save or talk about a topic in general. DM, we can try and arrange anything. Okay, I'm always open. 
the pod and I have socials, come along and say hello, whether it's on Twitter, Slack. And again, I want to just say again, welcome to all your new members, welcome to all new followers, all new listeners. Really, really appreciate you taking the time out to listen in here. Eyes peeled, the technical area blog, like I said, GG's post, me, my post is coming out tomorrow, well, today, same day as this podcast release, and you'll catch all my stuff there, whether it's back from FM 17 all the way up to FM 20, with a little bit of FM touch thrown in as well. You'll hear from me next week with new polls ahead of episode 10, and of course, the chat that always goes in the comment section below, so don't just vote, get involved, get the chat going, let's get something going here, people. Come on, get involved. I'll be unveiling the topic Monday morning with that first poll. But until then, I am Gaffer Graymo. Thank you for listening. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.